Welcome to this edition of Dr. Brian Speaks. Our show, of course, is for all those military veterans and families out there. My name is Dr. Bryant, veteran with the U.S. Army, Airborne Rangers, university professor, and your host. Now, if you're new to listening to this broadcast, I want to say welcome and thank you for tuning in. I don't know if you're watching on YouTube or you're listening on the many podcast channels because our returning listeners, they've been enjoying us on iTunes, Spotify, iHeart, Pandora, Geezer, on and on and on. And if you want to listen to that, just type Dr. Brian Speaks on your favorite podcast channel. Now, the same goes for all of our social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, etc. Just type Dr. Brian Speaks or you can go to our website, drbryanspeaks.com. So enough of the logistics, let's get to our show. I have a pretty cool guest that's gonna really give us some insight tonight. His name is David West. He is a veteran service officer, which is gonna be something that all of us are familiar with. So we're hoping to get some secrets from him and hopefully to give us some enlightenment. David, say hello to the listeners. Hello everybody and thank you for uh listening to what I got to say today. Still yeah, well, trust me, I have a feeling this is going to be one of the one of the popular shows when I put this on uh, all of our channels. So David, you're actually a veteran yourself. So why don't we take some time and get to know you, give us your background, your education, you know, where you served, go ahead and dive in and let us get a little comfortable knowing who you are. Well, like, like most veterans, you know, I was I kind of grew up with a rough childhood. And during my senior year of high school, my grandfather, who was a great man, kept bringing me stuff about ROTC, you know, the Army, the Navy, the Air Force, ROTC, something he was really pushing. It wasn't really something I was about, but then I graduated high school and I realized that I was on a path to nowhere. And I decided I'd ride my skateboard down to the Marine Corps recruiting office. And they asked me if I ever took the ASVAB. And I said, yeah, I took the ASVAB, but I didn't score too well on it. I said, what do you mean? I said, well, they told me if I took the ASVAB, I'd get out of school the rest of the day. So I just put abacadabra <laughs> all the way down it and got out of there. They said, no, you didn't. I said, yeah, they did. And I scored like a three. So they thought I was a rock. David, did I lose they you? They brought me back in. I did well on the ASVAB. You joined the Marine Corps? No, we're here. But uh, okay. I went back all and right. told my grandfather that I joined the Marine Corps. And he said, well, what the hell did you do that for? And I said, you've been bringing me all this stuff about ROTC. What did you think? He goes, Man, they're gonna change you. They're gonna change you, and they sure did. Um, so I joined the Marine Corps at 19, um, went to Camp Pendleton, Real Marine, San Diego, um, First Marine Regiment, First Marine Division. I picked up starting about three and a half years. It was a great time, probably the best time of my life. Never get it back. Um, got out 15 days before 9/11. Oh wow! Um, for a while there, it used to mess with me a lot that I didn't go back in. But then I realized that my job is to take care of them here outside. Um, yeah, so that's what I did. I got to go and join the Marine Corps at 19. Got out when I was 24. Okay, so you didn't do a career. Uh, was there any reason for that? Is it just, you know, you kind of felt it was the end of the time and you want to just get back home or what? What were your oh, thoughts? No, I, wanted, I wanted to be Sergeant Major of the Marine Corps. Um, <sighs> as, as a matter of fact, uh, that's all I wanted to ever be. But uh, they, they screwed over one of my Marines. 
they, they wrote my Marines on charges that he didn't deserve. And the gunny that actually charged him never showed up the day of his court martial. Charges were dismissed. In the meantime, this Marine, his wife left him and everything else because he had to stay past his EAS. And I remember asking the chain of command, what's going to happen to Gunny? And they said, nothing. That takes a congressional thing. Like, you might, what, 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 what? That's, and, and I said, you know, he's always going to hate the Marine Corps. And they said, yeah. And I was like, eh, I'm done. I'm done. Yeah. That's what I'm about. And I got out and I, <clears throat> I got out and I got out a little too quick. Um, I got out and I, I started, I moved to Las Vegas when I got out and I started work on a Monday. And I was a regimental tech chief for 1st Marine Regiment, 1st Marine Division at that time. A lot of responsibility. And I got out and I remember my first day, I did all the paperwork and I went to go use the copy machine. You know, in the Marine Corps, you got green button for go, red button for stop, and that's about it. And there's, you know, there's got this fax machine copier thing. And it's like, I'm looking at it like, is this thing going to go to NASA? What's going on? And this lady walked up to me and she said, what are you doing? I said, I'm trying to use the printer. And she said, oh, you're too new. You can't touch it. And I remember I went and sat at my desk and I just sat there and I wow. thought, what am I doing? What did I do? What did I do? And that was like the first day. And from mm -hmm. there, it went to me having a hard time. It's, you know, just like the rest of the vests when we get out, you know, sometimes the problems that made you join are waiting for you when you get out. And, um, you know, I had a, had a rough upbringing, played in the streets a little bit and Come to find out, being in Las Vegas, playing in the streets can be lots of fun for a 24-year-old. Right. You know, so I did that for about a year, year and a half. Saw the worst parts of, saw some of the best, saw some pretty cool stuff too, but also saw some of the worst stuff that could happen. And, you know, I started going pretty bad. And I remember looking in the mirror and I said, this is what I did all this for. Mm -hmm. I did not do this for this. And I made a decision to move home. Except for that time, my family really wouldn't help me out much. So I spent the next year and a half sleeping in my car or on people's couches, my clothes in the trunk, because I was too embarrassed to let people see what I was doing, tools in the back seat, started off working as a laborer, making $8 an hour. By 2007, I was a project manager, making bids on houses, running four crews at a time, and then the recession hit. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, yeah, mm. that's tough. You know, you're, it's interesting <clears throat> because as a VSO, as a ve veteran, we go into these offices and you sit across the desk and you have this betrayal that this person is the epitome of what veterans are like because they're there. They're now helping you. And I find it very interesting that you've had similar stories as all of us. Um, even myself, I was homeless for a period of time too. So to hear that, and in fact, even I had the same reason why I got out. I had a little bit of a bitterness in my, in, in my perspective about the army. And I, again, just like you, I kind of wish I had stayed in. If I had known what I know now, I would not have left. And I would have just sucked it up and written, stayed in as well for 20 some years. But you don't really know what to expect on the other side. And then so it is what it is. So I'm really grateful for you to share that because I think a lot of our audience members need to understand that although you have a responsibility as a VSO, you're still a person. You're still a veteran who struggled. And if anything, that only contributes to your ability to provide the service that you do as a VSO. So that's, that's amazing. I think it just gives you the more qualities and uh, compliments you in your skill sets. But, um, you know, you talked about, you know, the ups and downs and you were homeless. 
give us some perspective of how you're able to recover because that's important too because we got vets out there right now who are still struggling and i think we need to give them some inspiration and give them a vision that what they need to do to you know overcome and and obviously you're able to do that so give us a little bit of insight on how you got from one place to the other well 2007 when the recession started coming <clears throat> i was single no wife no kids you know what i mean i really didn't think anything was possible for me i was just struggling and i looked at all my guys on my crew you know the crew started going down next time building houses wheeling hammer again and i'm looking at everybody and i'm like these guys are all struggling and they're trying to feed their kids and i was like I knew it was common. I was like, if I'm going to struggle, I'm going to get my ass back in school. So I decided to go to school, Sierra College up here in Northern California. Yeah, know it well. Yeah, you know. Hey, so Roseville. Yes, yes. So I was a so I was a sergeant in the Marine Corps, you know. And you know, when you're a sergeant in the Marine Corps, you don't want to, you know, you, you see one of your Marines smiling, you're like, oh hell no, <laughs> hell no, <laughs> hell no. You know, we go out there and get them all riled up, come back in, oh yeah, they're all pissed off. Now we're going to get a lot of work done today. You know what I mean? But I was in Sierra College and I saw all these veterans walk around. They, they weren't happy. They weren't happy, right? So we, it sounds stupid. We started this little veterans club. Little veterans club. And I was like, it was just something to do for me. You know, I was trying to go through my life changes. And I was like, this is positive. It's something I can do. Um, and there we started advocating on campus and doing things. And eventually we got the veterans resource. We got to speak to California Congress. We got this, we got um, under No Veteran Left Behind out here in California, I have this thing called No Veteran Left Behind. For yeah. College. Yeah. So I got to sit there and I got to sit there and tell California State Congress, your plan is No Veteran Left Behind, but it's only focusing on four year colleges. So already you're leaving veterans behind because 80% of us started off at junior college. Exactly. Right? So they heard us, they spoke, and Sierra College was able to uh, implement the Veterans Resource Center that they still have today. It's filled mm -hmm. with veterans work studies where veterans can go and get tutored by veterans in a place that's best for us to work. And it's now the model that's being brought on by a lot of colleges in California and I'm sure it's, it's spreading, right? Yes. Well, that opportunity led me to meet um, a person, his name was Charlie Brown. He ran for fifth congressional district uh, in California in 2008, 2007, 2008. I was a paid member on his staff, which is hard to do. It was only $8 an hour, but I was one of only four people getting paid. <laughs> I was his veterans outreach coordinator. Um, and this, I'm not Republican or Democrat. I'm just letting everybody know I vote for, I vote on veterans issues most of the time. Um, and this gentleman gave away 5% of his campaign money to veterans organizations. So I was outreaching veterans and then at the same time getting to pick these organizations where they get this money for the grant, you know, it was a grant. And that led me to meeting more veterans organizations. Mm. And, uh, Eventually, I became this little guru of all these little veterans organizations, and I applied for the job at the VA. It got accepted. So now I'm working at the VA, being a, a developer for claims for compensation, and then I'm working hard, and they select me to become an instructor at the national level for all new hires. All right. Yes, yeah, so now I'm teaching this stuff, and it's awesome. I'm loving it. And then I get promoted to a raider. I'm making decisions on claims. Life is going uh, yeah, I'm making decisions on claims. I'm taking this in. I'm interpreting it. And I get married, and my lovely wife decides she wants to move to Bakersfield, California, start a family. Southern Cal. It's not even Southern Cal. It's, it's, the it's like the, yeah, right, right. It's like <laughs> little central, south central of the L. Yeah, right. Terrible. So we moved down there, and we moved down there, and I was back in private industry. I was slinging chemical in the oil fields. It was good. I didn't really fit in, but it was good. Um, but there I got to learn about data, 
process improvement, mm -hmm. um, more business, how to make things better. And I did that for about six years, five, six years. And then we decided, you know, we started the family. Let's get them out of here. Let's raise them back up where there's more diversity, more culture. You know what I mean? I got two little girls. I wanted to expose them to as much as possible, especially in these days and times. Mm -hmm. Just look alike doesn't mean we can't get along. That's right. Out of here, move you up to a place where you can be around everybody. Right. So we came up here. Um, and I remember I was looking for jobs. I was looking for jobs. Couldn't find one. I, I go interview and they'd be like, I got all this. And they're like, oh, you don't have a construction management degree. Like, I got my MBA, dude. Like, well, I was happy. You there? So I was having a hard time. And I just reached out to one of my friends. Say, I'm moving back. You think anything's available out there? And they're like, oh, David, you're coming back to the surf. Oh, there's a job open in Placerville, in Placer County. I applied for a VSR position. Not a VSO, VSR. And I knew the VSO. She's, she's like, David, what are you applying for me? There's a VSO position in Nevada County. Apply for that. You don't want to work for me. Apply for Nevada County. Um, got hired August 2nd, 2018, the diet day of my birthday. Started work September, September 10th, 2018. And I can honestly say what I do now is the best job, most rewarding job, even though I get my ass chewed probably once a day because people think I'm... <laughs> Because people think I'm the <clears throat> VA, but I'm not the VA. Just got to right. take, take it, you know. Um, it's an awesome job. It's the most rewarding job I've ever had. So that's it's, that's that's interesting you say. So I, I heard that, you know, you pretty much worked your way to that point and everything that you've been able to learn along the way has contributed to this point. But you, your transition is perfect because now that you're working for Nevada County, you got to share some of the secrets. You know, we do not get much insight. So that's before we talk about specifically, give us some of the background of training that you are exposed to or responsible of acquiring to help and assist veterans. And before we actually get into that VA versus VSO role. Talk about some of the training. I hope you have been enjoying the show. Well, do not go anywhere just yet. We have a continuing episode with Dr. Bryant Speaks.